Intac Denmark had some questions regarding my conversation with Evelyn on circumcision. They are an association against circumcision and other sex surgery on healthy children based in Denmark. I thought responding here could give more people insight. The first question is, I'm very interested in comparisons between male and female circumcision. Could you give a summary of those discussions which are not included here? At the beginning, she says that personally, I believe that people should have their children, especially their boys, circumcised. Yet when you cut out the parts about female circumcision, you put up a statement that both of you are opposed to female circumcision. Evelyn indicated she was against female circumcision because it did not provide any health benefits. She explained that the reason it is performed in Nigeria is because parents believe it will reduce the chance that their daughter will become sexually active at a young age. She didn't think it was a good reason or an effective strategy. Since her reasons for her beliefs in male versus female circumcision were different, bringing this up within an SE interaction wouldn't have been very productive. Question 2. She says that she learned about health benefits by reading articles, and she eventually mentions journals. I would like to ask her what journals she has looked at since no major medical organization in the world recommends circumcising healthy little boys. I know you are asking me and not Evelyn. In an SE conversation, be sure not to phrase a question like this. I think it would be perfectly fine to ask which articles or journals, but I would leave out any facts because otherwise it will turn into a debate, which your interlocutor may shut down or become hostile. An alternative could look like this. If there were no major medical organizations recommending routine circumcision for healthy boys, would this change your confidence that routine circumcision is a good thing to do? Evelyn is no longer returning my messages, so I am unable to directly answer this question. However, the American Academy of Pediatrics has a statement that is very disheartening to me, and I think it might be relevant to your question. It reads, Parents ultimately should decide whether circumcision is in the best interest of their male child. They will need to weigh medical information in the context of their own religious, ethical, and cultural beliefs and practices. The medical benefits alone may not outweigh these other considerations for individual families. I find this particularly troubling because people look to the AAP for medical information for making decisions. I don't think this statement from them is medical advice. To me, it is a statement that is telling religious folk that it is okay to disregard medical information if you hold a certain belief. I don't think this is in line with the goal of the AAP. I think this stance the AAP has taken could be a reason why so many people favor male circumcision. Question 3. Has she ever searched for articles critical of circumcision? In other words, has she considered the information she has seen is complete or biased? This would have been a very powerful question. I wish I would have asked this. When speaking with people on the subject, definitely remember this question. After asking this, some good follow-up questions could be, what would reduce your confidence that circumcision is beneficial? Or more simply, what information could you find out that would change your mind? This topic strikes some nerves. Are there any specific ways you use to keep yourself and her calm and avoid hostility?
As you may have been able to guess, I have very strong feelings towards this subject. When taking an SE approach, I attempt to completely remove my feelings from the conversation. My feelings are irrelevant to the interlocutor. I concentrate completely on why my interlocutor holds a belief. I tell myself that people do not choose their beliefs. Their beliefs are the result of what they have been convinced of. I have to remember that someone's belief is not their fault. As far as keeping my interlocutor calm, rapport, rapport, rapport. Tone is very important and can change how a conversation unfolds. For example, which do you think would result in a better conversation? Do you really think circumcision is a good thing? Or is it your stance that circumcision is something parents should do? Remain as neutral as possible. Your stance is irrelevant to the conversation. Question 5. Is this your first talk on the topic? Yes, it was. Once you learn SE, you can talk about any subject without being intimately familiar with it. I would recommend watching SE interactions, even if they are about subjects other than circumcision. A lot of the same questions will be relevant. Question 6. Do you plan on having other talks with her? Yes, after the conversation, she was really interested in speaking with me again. However, after uploading the video, she has not returned my messages. I have to assume she is no longer interested. Question 7. Did you get a confidence from her before the end? It seems to me that she adds 90 at the end, not that she would have if you would have asked at the start. I kind of goofed. I forgot to ask her at the beginning, so near the end, I asked her what her confidence was before we began talking and what her confidence currently was. Her confidence didn't change. However, I don't think a confidence change is likely to occur during a talk. I think the majority of the time a confidence change will occur after a conversation has concluded and when they have time to reflect on their thoughts. I have allowed others to perform SE on me, and I have changed my confidence on a couple topics, and my confidence has always changed the most after the conversation. That concludes the questions from Intact Denmark. I want to thank them for their questions. I think it is really important to keep the conversation going on circumcision.